Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 2, Episode 17, Welcome to Storybrooke. Before we get started, we're going to do a little recap of our counts for Season 2. I have cried 11 times so far this season. <laughs> Out of 17 episodes? 11 times, Ooh, what's, yep. the, what's the quick math? What's 11 divided by 17? You're going to have to do I'll that do math, I'll Roger. Do that. I'll do it. Um, in case you're wondering, the total number of times I've cried is 27. You're at a 64.7% cry rate that's, for this That's season. lower than last season. Yeah. yeah. But the last episode of season one made me cry four times, so that was like a huge shift. I see. We've seen four magic beans. These magic beans that Rumpelstiltskin just could not find. They didn't exist anymore. Um, we've gotten to a day's ride from here that does increase more as we go on, but that, that's, we'll... and we've had like a couple things I feel like that were like close to that phrase, like a day's journey from here. Oh yeah. Or... We used those two. Okay. Um, when you should have listened to Emma, just one of those. And you had one top five episode. Yep. Manhattan. Yep. Which, what's the total number of top five episodes I've done? I think it's at six. Seven. Okay, so six. <laughs> six asterisk. How about that? Uh, we also did a little counting of each of our winners and losers. Uh, so, Roger, you have Rumple at for winners. Rumple at six. Cora at five. And a bunch of ties for one. But uh, you wanted to talk about Belle. How, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling about this? I, I like the. I like the Belle win because I think it came in an episode that she also lost in. Yep. That's right. Which was funny because it was like past Bell won yeah. and present day Bell I think lost in that episode. That's right. That one was good. How many times did Regina win this episode this season for me? Only once? She part of the tie? You gotta you gotta you gotta be asking me questions that I haven't done math for. Yes, Wait you have you I, have, well, it on I your have paper. two, but that's why I was like I think she's third place. <laughs> but I could be wrong. Um yeah. You have two, Roger. Okay, yeah. So Regina's our actual third. Bella's our fourth place by tiebreaker. You? Uh, my winners are Rumple with three. So mine are, mine are much more evenly spread out. I have Rumple with three, Cora with three, and Hook with one. I had a lot with one. Yeah. Uh, but it was one of the only, it was the only time Hook won. We both said that Hook won. Yeah. Uh, this episode. It was Into the Deep where he comes up with the plan to take Aurora's heart to get back in Cora's good graces. Works out for him. That's the episode with your favorite, right? The people screaming in the red room. Oh my god, it probably is. I yeah. Think, I think that is that episode. <laughs> don't I don't like the fire room. Uh, for losers, Roger has Regina with seven, a tie for Hook Snow and Charming with two losses. And then wanted to talk about Mila with My one loss. My personal favorite loss of the season was Mila's <laughs> loss. Spoiler, might be a top five moment of the season for me. Just saying. Wow. I have Regina with six. So this is not a good season for Regina. We, neither of us had her in any wins. You didn't have any wins for Regina this season. And I only had two. Okay, yeah, that's saying something. So this bell curve that she was on, the back half of season one? It just, it has fallen below the x-axis. Yeah, she's, she's She's negative. Yeah. Uh, I have, so Regina was six, Rumple with three. And so I have the same number of wins and losses for Rumple. Mm -hmm. And then I have a tie for Hook and Aurora with two. I was really feeling for Aurora this season. I mean, like, it's, they... 
it's it's kind of impressive that they made me care about her even enough to consider her to be a loser. But she got real fucked in that first episode. Like she 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 woke up oh. from her sleeping curse, which is which is great, and found out that her entire kingdom had been cursed for twenty eight years. And then Philip uh, gets taken away by the wraith, which she can't cure via true love. Correct. But we know they experience true love because he's able to wake her up. I feel like there was one more terrible thing that happened to her in that the, episode. The heart thing doesn't happen to her in that episode, but it was it, it was not a good episode for her. No. Oh, and she thinks that Mulan is in love with Philip. And that Philip is in love with Mulan. Not good. Also, Rose only in, like, I feel like ten episodes at most. Maybe, yeah. So... <clears throat> So that is our that is our total. At the end of the season, when we do our recap episode, we'll give you a count for season two, and we'll do a full count of everything from season one and two. We'll see where our winners and losers are stacking up. And now we are going to come back to season two, episode 17, Welcome to Storybrooke. So we've got a synopsis. It's actually pretty short because we only have two storylines this time. And they both take place in Storybrooke. There's no Enchanted Forest. That's right. In Storybrooke of the Past, a man named Kurt and his son Owen get swept up in the curse while camping in Maine in 1983. Regina forms a connection with Owen and tries to convince Kurt to stay. When Kurt refuses, a chase ensues, resulting in Kurt being arrested and Owen running out of town, unable to return to his father. In Storybrooke of the Present, Regina is desperate to kill Mary Margaret to avenge her mother and maintain Henry's love with a curse. While Henry tries to blow up magic, Regina stops him, but burns the curse, realizing she can't have everything. Mary Margaret then goes to Regina to die, only to discover that her heart has started to darken. Regina leaves her in her misery, but of course, Greg, who is actually Owen all grown up, captures the entire glowing heart incident on camera. Roger, what did you think of this episode? I think this was a good episode. You're going to hear me say this a lot, but this is another episode that is misplaced. This episode should have been episode three, season one. Hmm. Right after Regina cast the curse is when this would have been fun to see. And just get rid of Dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a that's interesting timing for that. I think it would have been interesting. Uh, you? I, I actually disagree with that. I think we needed more time to see Regina's relationship with Henry in order for this episode to be meaningful. Oh, see, I don't know about that because I think seeing her miserable makes more sense as to why she would have adopted Henry and why she's so desperate to get him back. Okay. I think I wouldn't have had the questions I had in the early season about, like, does she actually love him? Because you would have seen now that she is miserable. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, previously I just assumed that she was quite happy before Emma got to town. Everything's Emma's fault. Mm -hmm. like She was already miserable at this point. That's true. I uh, also like this episode. I thought it was really interesting to see Storybrooke in the past. Maybe one of the first times we've ever seen that. Yeah, we've seen the we've seen Tallahassee, where it's like the real world in the past. Yeah, but not Storybrooke. But not Storybrooke. Uh, really loved the reveal about Owen Greg. That was really interesting because I feel like we've been asking questions about who, like, who is Greg? What does he want? He captured magic on his phone, and then we didn't talk about it in the last episode. Um, but Greg has a vendetta. Greg wants vengeance against Regina. Uh, love the Snow's Heart is Turning Dark storyline. I think that's fascinating. Uh, also very 
the the acting of for the two of them in that scene is just like top notch Emmys for both. Um, I hate the blowing up magic plot, <laughs> but not as much as I hate the burning red room. <laughs> Would you say this is a bottom five storyline for you? The blowing up of the magic. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Okay, so we definitely diverge on some of these things. Where do you want to start? I have less notes for Storybook of the Past. Let's start there. <laughs> I feel like most of my notes are quotes that I liked. Yeah, the quotes episode. in this episode were amazing. <laughs> like, they had so many good zingers, and the story was still fine, but like, like Granny. When I was talking over easy, I was talking about the eggs. <laughs> It's perfect because basically all she ever did was slut shame Ruby. So it's like from day one, she was just mocking. Also, this implies that Regina wrote Ruby to be slut shamed. It's true. And why? Like, why? <laughs> what did Ruby do to her? Like, I, it's just weird, but funny. Like, it's comedic. <laughs> but like, what the hell did the wolf do to you so much that you wanted to just like curse her to be ridiculed by her grandmother? I mean, it is an it is an interesting play on the Little Red Riding Hood yeah. story, which is about lost innocence and like sexual awakening, sort of. Yeah, read read some analysis of Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> That's weird. Yes, it is indeed weird. Okay, um, but you're right. Like, I feel like Regina barely knows Ruby, or if at all, like she maybe knows of the wolf that can eat her soldiers. Sure. I don't think they've interacted in the past. Oh, but she may have gotten word that she's helped Snow. Sure. So that would, I guess, make some sense why she would curse her. Though, what? But, we... but why this specifically? <laughs> I mean, what a curse to be stuck in a very attractive woman's body who's being shamed for having promiscuous sex by your grandmother. Regina's got an odd flavor for punishment. By your grandmother who, if uh, Emma doesn't get on the motorcycle, she will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, I really like getting to see day one of the curse. I thought that was nice. 1983? 1983. It's interesting to see how quickly Regina becomes bored with her curse. Yeah, that was, so that to me was always, I think I asked this in season one. What was her end game? Very clearly, she did not think this through. She was just like, I'm going to curse everyone. We're going to move to this town. You're all going to be miserable oh shit, I'm also miserable. Yeah, even even if she thought that she would delight in watching other people be miserable forever, what did she think she was going to do in this land? Like, by herself, where they relive the same day over and over again. Yeah, I mean, you would think you would want to make, like, the number one thing you should be doing in a curse is making yourself happy. And yet she she was so angry that she couldn't even consider how about I get what I want as opposed to just make is all, all she wanted was vengeance like no actual happiness. It's like the the like queen of the ashes thing like she's queen of the miserable. Is that fun? I don't know. <laughs> I mean the scene where she walks into the classroom and is kind of just reveling in Mary Margaret's like sadness and they and they mention for as long as I can remember that's probably like the first time chronologically we hear that and then she takes her. After the kids went to recess, not the end of the day. <laughs> so the teacher just left. And totally. then she, they go and go over to the hospital. And she has him look at, a, obviously, comatose charming. What, like, 
Snow doesn't remember this man, so like she has no feelings for him. She's just like confused why there's a coma patient. This I don't get how Regina's benefiting from this. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can see the like watching Snow be a boring, lonely school teacher might give her some delight because like she. Snow and Charming had such a powerful bond yeah. and to not, even if she doesn't remember it, like to not have that bond would be sad. But I couldn't imagine enjoying watching that more than one time. Also, I feel like if I was going for cruelty, I would want Snow to know exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. And I want her to see that like he's never going to wake up. Yeah, it was a weird... The man weird you choice. love is stuck right there in that coma. Also, the weirdest part, <laughs> even weirder than taking... Mary Margaret out of class <laughs> during recess. That's pretty weird. Regina watches them do this every day. She follows Mary Margaret to the hospital while she volunteers there and just stands in the background and watches Mary Margaret interact with David. And what's interesting is that, like, are we to imply then that they would have really never interacted had Regina not put her in front of David? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> like, literally, they would have never seen each other. There would have just been random people. I mean, in the maybe, town. maybe Mary Margaret was already a a volunteer at the hospital, like in her memories. Sure, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like, it, yeah, it's possible. It was just it. It was an odd way to get back at someone. Like, I feel like it's much worse to know than to literally, you know, what they say. It's much worse to have, uh, you know, never loved or something like that than lost. But it's like, yeah, but she doesn't know what she lost here <laughs> at all. It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Yeah, I think that's the same. <laughs> is saying. that what you were trying to get at? Yeah, which I feel like is a dumb saying, but it's a different discussion. Interesting. I want to learn more about that. Oh. While we're on Regina and Mary Margaret, also their interaction when Mary Margaret almost like bumps into her on the street and then apologizes. And Regina's like, why are you apologizing to me? Like, Well, that's the second time. Yeah, right. Yeah. But she's she's like she misses the fight. Like she wants she likes the chase more than actually having having the mouse. Well, cuz she do they bump into each other or does she almost bump into her? Like I think Regina sees it coming, which is what's so boring to her. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's groundhog's day to her. It's just the same garbage every single day. And there are small little details that change. Like Archie's not in the street when he says beautiful day, mm-hmm. but it's basically the same. Gold is interesting Save in this it. One. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> when when she's starting to oh, be yeah. disenchanted with the curse and Archie says good morning and she says save, save it. it. <laughs> I like though that gold doesn't change anything. So everyone else is changing except him. He always takes the exact same path walking down the street. His tempo doesn't change. Mm. It's very strange. It's almost like someone who is pretending to be cursed. I think that he is asleep. I think he is too, but it is something I noticed. Like, um, even Geppetto, when he's on the ladder, he says something one day, and then the next day he says something slightly different. Well, and it's, yeah, it is interesting, because the next day he says, like, now stay up. Mm-hmm. Like, like he remembers fixing it the day before. Um, all right, so now we've got Owen and Kurt showing up here. How terrifying to be in a tent when a cloud of purple and green smoke arrives. Okay. This is probably the first example of this show, what I like to call white people nonsense. You see a cloud of purple smoke come at you, and then, like, a town appears out of nowhere. You know what your first instinct to be? 
get the fuck away from there as fast as possible. Well, they can't because the car is broken. Hitchhike. Walk on the highway. Go back to where you came from. I don't know. Do anything but go to the place like, oh, I hear the big scary monster coming. You know what we should do? Go see what the big scary monster is. No. Run. Go the other way. Uh, No. Get the hell out of there. I'm not sure. It was moving very quickly. I don't think they could have outran the smoke. Oh, I'm not talking about the smoke. I'm talking about once you woke up, saw what the smoke did, random town showed up. I think that as as a rational human being, you would convince yourself that you must have just missed it. False. (laughs) It's like everybody who watched in like Silent Hill or Raccoon City from Resident Evil. Uh Uh-uh. Turn around. Go somewhere else. No idea what you're talking about. I know. It's fine. <laughs> this is how I feel when you reference some of those things. They're both horror video game stories. And it's like, you always see these people like, oh, my car's going to break down. I need to get gas in Silent Hill. You don't. Don't do this. Nothing's good here. <laughs> Nothing's good here Everything at all. Everything is awful. Yeah. Uh, Regina and Kurt. I just... And Owen. She has like a really weird reaction to Owen, which is not the first time that we've seen Regina react really strangely to children when she meets Hansel and Gretel in the Enchanted Forest of the past. And she like, she tries to convince them to live with her. She's like, it's fine that your dad's, it's, we don't need to worry about him. You can live in my castle and be super happy. And she doesn't understand why they don't. She just doesn't get it. So I actually was thinking about that episode. And later in the episode, Regina will say, I, I, that's my problem. I don't learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I actually feel like in the past story break, she actually did learn from her mistakes. Instead of the bribery, and it was like, I'm just going to give you the superficial stuff. She actually like, tried to appeal to like Owen's. No, that's true. Like, oh, hey, you just lost your mother. I can give you, you know, you can have a job. We can live here together. It's like She like showed them as opposed to like, here's a cupcake. So it was like, she did progress. It still doesn't work, which I think is what frustrates her. But it was like, oh, okay, the thing I tried last time didn't work. Let's try something better this time. That's true. That's true. I think the thing that got to me about it is, and she's a different person. She's the evil queen now. But when she met young Snow, before she wanted to kill young Snow because she caused Daniel's death, she seemed like she understood how to interact with children. (laughs) I don't think she did. I think she did. You told a 10-year-old secret. And then thought they were going to keep it. That was just stupid. But she didn't seem like awkward around the kid. Like she seemed to understand how children think. She was sweet with her. As a rational adult, would you tell a 10 year old to keep a secret and expect them to keep it? No. She doesn't understand children. (laughs) Like that, that right there that she, and then she, not only did she expect it, she was incurably enraged when the 10 year old, a 10 year old child, she does not understand children. At all. <laughs> okay, yeah. fine. Because, I mean, I just, any other, like Cora. Cora knew from the moment, they're like, no, that 10-year-old little girl's not going to keep that secret. This is going to be easy. This is a can opener. <laughs> it's a can opener. Just... <laughs> I, you're, you're also right that I, I can't believe after everything that happens with Graham and Kurt and, like, his dad being, like, forcibly arrested and, like, screaming at him to run out of town. The Regina, like, is having a, trying to have a very calm conversation with Owen and be like, don't you just want to stay here with me? Was her plan to basically kill the father and just adopt Owen? I, it, to, I, okay, to be honest, because she calls Kurt yeah. Yeah. on a payphone because they don't have cell phones <laughs> 1983. yet. 1983! <laughs> um, so apparently Storybrooke gets some updates. As, as time goes but on. why didn't they have house phones? I mean, she must have been just out. I think she maybe went 
to the to the shop to see if the car had been picked up mm. and then was out and was like, I need to call him need right to call now. Him right now, I see. <laughs> um, I don't know why the mayor couldn't just use the phone at the shop, but. Didn't want anybody to hear what she was saying? Maybe. Okay. Because phone booths are so private. Hey, Superman used to change in one. <laughs> for, for listeners that don't know, phone booths. <laughs> Oh, gosh, we're dating ourselves so painfully right now. Phone booths were public telephones that you had to pay to use with quarters. And they were just everywhere. Everywhere. At the mall, at the movie theater, on the side of the road, at the bus stop. They were everywhere. You didn't even use a quarter if you called collect. That's true. But then the person that you were calling had to pay for the call. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I feel like my back just started hurting and my head just fell out. In any case, she. I think that she... When she goes in to her office to use the heart, I think very little time has passed. So she's she didn't she didn't think ahead at all. She was like, "How on earth am I going to keep them here? Oh, we'll do this." Also, her her desk is set up in what we call the power position, right? So you can't sneak up on her. Uh huh. I feel like the ending climax of this scene would have been resolved by Regina just spinning around in her chair, one eighty. Do a quick sweep of the room before you start doing your ridiculous command into a glowing heart that no one should ever see. Like, it was kind of hilarious how bad it was because, you know, she's like talking to a glowing heart, which is insane. And she spins around Kurt's like, what the fuck? I mean, it almost doesn't matter if he saw the heart or not because he heard what she said. So, like, even if he had been listening at the door. Oh, no, it definitely well, matters if he saw the heart. It does matter. But could you imagine someone being like, just arrest him for drunk driving? Yeah, but I think that's the difference, though. I think at the point when she saw the heart, she knew he could. she couldn't let him go. Mm. Whereas, like, okay, she's just, like, a crazy mayor from a town that they'll never find again, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, you don't want anyone to know that she can take hearts because that's when it's, like, we crossed over, like, uh-oh, he knows too much. I got to kill you now. You brought this up from in the scene at the end with Greg, too, that, like, Regina is just really bad at hiding her activity. And I was trying to think of the other time that Regina uses a magical object, which is when she looks at that ring that has Daniel's image in it, which arguably would be very hard to see. But she's standing directly in front of the fucking window when she does that. And also when she's talking to this heart, she's facing the goddamn window. Not not to mention that someone behind her might see, but everyone outside might see what she's doing. The curtains were drawn, but they're not, like, opaque curtains. Like, you literally turn around, your back covers the window, and you can see at the door... Spin around. Like, what are you doing? And it wasn't like, I don't know. It, Regina is her own worst enemy. I said this a lot in season one. This is obviously classic Regina. It's just like, take like five seconds and you'd be good. Rumpel would never make this mistake. He would not. This poor fucking kid. His mom just died six months ago. Some crazy lady asks his dad to move to a different state in front of him. And he wants to do it. And then his dad is like, no. And then his dad gets arrested in front of him. And this crazy lady tries to convince him to stay. And when he brings people back to find his dad, they can't find the town. So now everyone thinks he's crazy. This, so that whole scene reminded me of, for those who've watched, if you've ever seen X-Men 2, X2, there's a scene where Rebecca Romaine Stamos' character, Mystique, has to drug the sheriff. And he's just like, overweight you know clearly non-attractive man and she aggressively comes on to him like they're in a bathroom making out and um at the end after she poisoned him she's like yeah you should never trust a very attractive woman coming on you that aggressively because obviously it didn't make any sense the same thing or actually magneto makes that joke later 
that's I feel like how Kurt felt when Regina's like, oh, just come like live with me and like we'll find a school. And he was like, oh, you're crazy. Because why do you want me to come live with you randomly for no reason? Like they're not dating. They didn't have any chemistry. They weren't floating. She's just like, oh, yeah, come come join me in my home. I'm totally not a serial killer. Okay, one, way to be super superficial, Roger. The reason that that, that shitty sheriff from X2 should have had no chance is because he's a fucking loser that drinks by himself in a bar for hours. Oh, you think that's the only reason he should have no chance with Rebecca Romaine Stamos? Yeah, it's totally his not charming personality. Uh-huh. Two, Kurt is hot. It's not the fact that Kurt is not attractive. It's that she's attractive and has to ask you to come live with her. She's clearly crazy. Mm, I see. He's got that real, like, rugged mountain man thing going on. He actually really belongs in northern Maine rather than New Jersey, I would think. But the boss is in New Jersey. The boss is in New Jersey. I love how Regina has absolutely no idea <laughs> She's thinking like, uh, like a workplace. Oh, with the boss? <laughs> so funny. Also, we didn't talk about this. Graham's back. Graham is back. We get to see he gets a little cameo. He got a dramatic reveal, too. They, like, showed the boots, and they, like, panned up slowly. Yeah, it was, uh, it was funny to see him back. But he's, like, it's, like, the first time that someone thinks something is wrong, though. When the heart gets knocked off at the end, he's, like, what was that? Yeah. And, like, he's in physical pain. And so he, what's weird is that even though they're cursed, he is apparently awake enough to know that, like, that's not supposed to happen. Well, and... Based on maybe not what we've seen so far, but what we'll see in the future, when something like that happens, like when your heart falls, you feel a sensation of falling, not just that it hurts. That's why he has to immediately let's go. Yeah. Um, So that's to like watch it fall in front of you and be like, weird. Why is she able to command a heart in Storybrooke? There's no magic there. There's some inconsistencies with like magical objects and how they work. It's just weird to me that, like, no, I the magical heart works, but then so should the Dark One's dagger. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've talked about this before with the dagger. I think you're right that the the dagger should maybe work to summon him, but he couldn't perform any magical abilities because sure. he doesn't have Or, magic. like, the hat should have worked. Yeah. Yeah. But not just, like, enough to, like, grab some. I mean, it's just, it's very inconsistent. Like, if a heart can command someone, which is a pretty important act mm-hmm. of magic... I feel like all these other things should have worked, too. I wonder if she'd be able to take a heart. Probably not. That's a good question. I feel like it's a magical <laughs> she, act. She just punches a hole in someone's chest and, like, blood starts flying. Like a Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah. She just... Um, I, she also has that moment with Kurt where she talks about how she's sort of starting to realize her mistake. Like, what is happiness without someone to share it with? She feels lonely after three days. Yeah. <laughs> like, how long has she been in the Enchanted Forest by herself? That's what's so strange to me. It's hard to say, but I I assume... At least a decade, because Snow White's gone from a little girl to presumably a grown adult. Between the time of Daniel's death and the curse. Well, and the Snow is 28. When so the eight, curse and, Kurt, and she's ten when Daniel dies. Yep, it's eighteen years. And I think Regina was probably married to the king for ten plus years before he died. Yeah, but she was already lonely. With yeah. Him. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. Three three days in Storybrooke, and she's she's done. Maybe more than three days. How long did they say the the car would take? A, a week. A week. Let's say a week. Yeah. So. <laughs> Seven days, and apparently she was. I can't take this anymore. So much so that she goes to Rumple for help. Who you think is completely asleep? I think he's completely asleep. I don't know. That conversation didn't. What What about the conversation made you think that he was awake? It was everything about it just seemed like the way that Rumpel was faking it in the early part of the season after he had quote unquote <laughs> woken up. Like it was like she asked him a question and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But then he's magically able to deduce exactly what she's talking about. Like, oh, it's because you're not happy. And like, so it feels like exactly the way Rumpel used to converse with her when he was awake and was trying not to let her on to anything. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But I also think that his cursed memories are probably, I don't want to say similar because he's not the dark one in Storybook, but he probably has similar memories of loss. So like he he has a, he probably has a similar like revenge storyline in his mm. background so he can empathize with what's happening to her. And he's also very astute. I also am shocked that she would write him such a pleasant story, considering she's pissed at him. I mean, he asked for that, and she said she would do it. Well, no, what he asked for was a life of luxury. Yeah. Those are different things. I guess that's true. Those are very, she very much could have given him a life of luxury without <laughs> giving him all of it. <sighs> yeah, it was, uh, I, I, honestly, unless you have anything more to I want to talk about the car chase. Um, I have one more thing, which is related to Regina's ridiculous mayoral power again. Uh, when she's trying to convince Kurt to stay, she says, I'll get you a job at the city. <laughs> she don't think that's that ridiculous. It's definitely against the law. <laughs> what law? <laughs> Attempted murderers walk around freely. Wasn't Regina jailed at some point for doing all this and they just let her out because of the wraith and didn't decide to put her back in? They were jailing her for her own safety and the safety of everyone else. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Okay. <laughs> like, listen. First off, I don't know how much of a law there is when you're sleeping with the only lawman in town. And second, clearly laws do not apply in Storybrooke. It's true. I have one more thing before we talk about the car Sure. Uh, when Regina is talking to Graham, when Owen and Kurt are like, when she meets them and she's like, who the fuck are these people? Like, what are they doing here? I didn't bring these people. Uh, she pulls her grandma aside and um, she says, and do you know what happens when I feel threatened? Bad things. Good thing that she like engineered this curse in a way that people aren't like, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? Who the fuck talks like that? I will destroy you. <laughs> she feels threatened by a little boy. <laughs> It's funny because in, I remember thinking in that pilot episode about, like, this line feels quite over the top and unnecessary. And this almost feels like a nice cheeky, like, uh -huh. callback to how ridiculous, like, you know what happens when I feel threatened? It's like, ah, oh, this is the over the top kind of, like, ridiculous. And then, like, kind of in the, pretty much after that, you start to get more of the, like, Regina Week come to enjoy. She's more nuanced in her, like, threats and her barbs are better. It wasn't just so over-the-top cartoon, like, twirl a mustache villain. True. Um, but I do, that line was pretty funny to me. Car chase. Car chase is maybe the most exciting thing that ever happens in Storybrooke. <laughs> it was awesome. And this was like, how are you, I would have engineered stuff like that at least once a week. <laughs> just do some crazy nonsense and be like, you know what? Randomly, Anton's going to show up and just start, like, stomping through town. We're just going to go on a rousing adventure. Why not? It's your town. You can do whatever the hell you want. 
I'm now imagining what would happen if, like, a little boy cast this curse, and he'd be like, there's dinosaurs here! So it's like, <laughs> and, like, hidden. everything's made of candy! Oh, so Hansel. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, like, Regina, I feel like, could have really done this well, where she was clearly entertained. And you That's had true. all the cats. You could have woken David up, like, for one time, and then, like, put Mary Margaret under. Who cares? Like, screw around. They're all gonna forget anyway. <laughs> Like a good place that she just resets every day. <laughs> yes, that's basically what I feel like this is. Like she can just reset the button and start on over. And she's not really, like for someone who's angry at Rumpel, she's not torturing him at all. Nope, she's not. I, I would have been very curious to see um, like her uh, conversation with someone about like, oh yeah, and I have Belle. Because I would have loved to know what the hell her uh -huh. plan was. Like that would have been great to know. Like even if a quick little ratchet, like, oh yeah, and make sure this one stays safe. I need this one for later. That's it. That's all you had to say. She could treat this like a like a Westworld. Mm. <laughs> like like she can just kill them and then resurrect them the next day and like do whatever she wants. Or like it would have actually been more jacked up to parade Belle around in front of Rumple. Mm -hmm. That I'm surprised she didn't do. Yeah. But she might have been afraid he was awake. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, she thought he was when she walked in. She was sure he would be awake when she walked into the shop. Anything else on Storybrooke of the past? Yeah, I love that car chase. It was great. It was great. It was really good. Yeah. I, I, the, oh, the one thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Crazy lady who you saw talking into a heart um, with Sheriff who just wanted to arrest you. I don't give a damn if they stop their car in front of the town line. I am accelerating and I am driving my car through their car. <laughs> I'll be damned. We might get ejected all the way out through the town, town line, but we're going. I am not stopping right there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and they were still in the car, so they're going to take damage. They're probably going to move the car out of the way. What would have happened to Regina and Graham if they had gotten pushed over the town lines? Oh, could you imagine if Regina gets cursed? That would have been. Well, and I'm not even sure at that point that that's what would have happened. Well, Regina can leave, but oh, Graham can't. Oh, that's true. And I don't know if there's some sort of, like, because he's with her, like, maybe he'd be able to leave. But at that time, during the curse, yeah. anyone that tried to leave, like, an accident would occur so that they would... But that Not. is an accident. I guess that's true. Yeah, like if you get knocked over the town line, and would, would anyone but Regina be able to come back in? I don't know. <laughs> Graham just wandering the woods. Maybe the wolf would have found him at that point. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. He'd just live in the woods. The I think man. this is our final time seeing Graham. This is basically his farewell. I think so. Yeah. I will always wonder why we didn't get more with him. I, would like I to have see... to imagine the answer to that is Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> in the sense of like, I think they could have recast this character, personally speaking. Yeah, they could have. Yeah, and kept the character going. Because I think the Huntsman, they set him up pretty well. He was interesting. I do think that <laughs> in a in a show, it was it was very impactful for someone to that we had gotten to know That's to true. die so early in the show. And it kind of like cheapens things when you bring someone back. I mean, obviously this is a show about magic where that like happens constantly. Uh, and, you know, like, Balefire lives for 200 years. <laughs> um, also, but, for a show that's trying to redeem the evil queen, that would have been a good first start. That's true. That's like, true. Yeah, I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to undo what I did. And then maybe, like, you know, they have a real conversation about, like, you murdered me. <laughs> I'm still pissed. At, I'm still, do the uh, Balefire. I'm still angry. I'm still angry. Okay. I'm good there. Okay. Storybrook of the present. We start with. Regina crying over her mother's grave. Ugh. I mean, 
she probably, even though it wasn't really her fault, she probably feels guilty about being manipulated into that situation. She should. You got manipulated yeah, by Snow White. That was really bad. I love when Rumpel walks in and the music that plays is so fucking creepy and threatening. And then he's like, I'm just here to pay my respects. And the, the creepy ass music continues. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because she's very mad at him. And blames him. So it's like the Regina of the past. Like, this is all your fault. And I actually thought, I was like, oh, he's about to throw Snow White under the bus right here. Like, I actually didn't kill her. But then he's kind of just like, I did what I had to do. (laughs) It is interesting. I actually wrote down when she says, um, like, you got Mary Margaret to trick me into killing my own mother. Like, she makes a very clear statement about, like, this is you. And not Mary Margaret. And then she's like, but I have to kill her now. But like normally in those situations, I feel like Rump will correct people. Like, actually, this wasn't my doing. Whereas like, he doesn't seem to care. He's like, I did what I had to do. Casualty of war. I think he even says like, we were at war. We were in battle or something. Like, I'm not going to die for your mom. Yeah. Which he's not wrong. Like, you got to do what you got to do. He does have a pretty rich uh, piece of advice for Regina. Get spot on. We both know killing her will cost you the thing you want most. Why don't you just give up this obsession with vengeance? You can't have everything. Yeah, Rumple. You maybe want to take your own advice? He does take his own advice. When? When has he got an obsession with vengeance? What are you talking about? He's obsessed with Hook. No, he's not. If he were actually obsessed with Hook, he would have gotten the job done in the crocodile. <laughs> it's his lack of obsession with vengeance that actually caused his ass. And then the second time he didn't kill him when he was whooping his ass in front of Belle. And when he tried to have everything by holding on to his power and keeping Bay. Okay. A mistake was made. <laughs> he didn't mean to let go. But like he if he actually was obsessed with vengeance, Hook would have died a long time ago. Alright, alright. Long time ago. But then he do- he looks so disappointed when she doesn't take his advice and is just like, yes, I can. I can have everything. The problem I think what he's disappointed in is that, like, and I've said this before, Rumpel's very good at thinking far ahead. Regina can't. So, like, she's never once been made happier by her obsession mm-hmm. with revenge. Whereas, like, Rumpel, I promise you, is happier when he killed Mila. He just <laughs> is happier. And he's done with it and he moves on. He's like, you know, I needed to do what I needed to do. It was just bodies had to hit the floor. Regina just... (laughs) My God, Roger! What? (laughs) Whereas, like, Regina spends all this time trying to get revenge in these ridiculous ways. And you're like, but you don't get anything out of this. Like, you actually don't gain something. Gain something and then it would make some sense. Yeah. That's, That's the problem is that she doesn't go about it in a good way. No, she doesn't. She clearly does not think this through. Then we get some great interactions between Rumple and the Charmings. <laughs> Charming's audacity here is fascinating to me. You're gonna do this. It actually, it was nice. He came to warn them. He didn't have to do that. Which is why I don't understand Charming and Snow's hostility towards him. He did not have to warn them. He could have just let Regina handle business. He also did not have to manipulate Snow White into killing Korra. In fact, he did. <laughs> he was literally dying. I don't I don't know what we define as desperation, but I feel like your deathbed has to be high up there in the desperation level. Also, 
Korra becoming the Dark One is by far the worst scenario that could have happened here for everybody involved. That's true. So they all die anyway, and now Henry's like probably also dead. I don't know. Regina probably is dead too because Korra didn't care about anyone. I'm not sure Korra would have become the Dark One. If she kills him with his dagger? Well, she didn't do that. But she was about to. I guess. She was literally sitting there with yeah, the dagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, but I love how he, like, brokers a... David brokers a deal with Rumple. He's like, well, you owe Snow a life debt, so you are going to protect her. Also, we're family now. You know the funny thing to me is? Is that this is one of the rare times where I think, like, you know what, Charming? You should have manned up and killed Korra. You knew mm-hmm. Snow had a death wish on this. And you even said, I... I don't believe that Cora shouldn't pay for her crimes. I just don't want you to do it. I don't know. Be a good husband, Avenger, and go do the deed. I think that's because he also wouldn't have done it. If it's between darkening your heart or darkening your wife, darken your heart and kill that witch. They w- he would have found a third option. There was no third option. We already discussed <laughs> that. Ain't no stopping Cora. She gotta go. <clears throat> uh... I also like the scene where Snow and Rumple are talking. Like he, well, one, while he's guarding her and Regina shows up and she's so fucking pissed that Rumple is there. Yeah, it's again, like she blames him for this. And I'm like, you already wanted to kill her. He didn't talk you into this because you didn't want to do it. He gave you the thing that you wanted to do. You were talking to, after she killed Johanna. Yeah. You had darkness in your heart right there. Like, that's what I'm curious about is that, is it the act of doing it or the act of wanting to do it? Because being an attempted murderer doesn't make me think that you're somehow not darkened. If you go to, like, kill someone, no. you're not, you shouldn't be better just because you failed. I mean, there's, I mean, I don't have any evidence for this, but killing someone is is a very difficult act. So is pulling the trigger at gunpoint to their head just because it doesn't work. Like, if I shot someone in the head with the intent to kill them and they happen to survive, that's just as dark. What are what incident are you referring to? When she shoots the arrow, she went to kill Regina in Heart of Darkness, and Charming jumped in front. She, she took... wasn't herself. Okay. Your heart doesn't make a distinction. <laughs> Maybe it does. Sure. <laughs> but you, she took the shot. She, she was ready to murder Hearts Regina. Hearts have memories, too. Oh, good God. <laughs> And, like, she already had that conversation after Johanna died. She was ready to kill right then and there. She even said, I've made the right choice a bunch of times. What has it gotten me? She needs to die. It's, I think it's interesting that you take this line. I don't think that Snow, I, like, Snow is responsible for what happened. I'm not trying to say that she's not. But Rumpelstiltskin took another person's life for his life. Yeah. I think that, I don't have a problem with that. I don't even have a problem with Snow wanting revenge. I think the only thing she should regret is making Regina do it. I really think if she's the one who puts the heart in there, casualty of war. No. 100%. Cora was a monster. A monster. She never, she's never done anything like that before. Oh, of course not. And she never will again. She does some pretty monster stuff later. Okay. Yeah. Also, I mean, she's killed people before. Watched to kick a troll off a bridge. And before you say, people actively trying to kill you, Cora actively getting the Dark One powers is someone actively trying to kill you. <laughs> It's an active, active war. Lighting a candle and whispering her name over her heart is a little different than sword fighting with someone. Why? It is. No, it actually isn't. Both are acts of self-defense. We are just not going to agree. That's because you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're you wrong. You don't think there's a difference, or you don't think there's a similarity in protecting the people that you care about? 
Because that's ultimately what both are for. When you have time to think about your your choices. You, so your mind is that you could have negotiated with Heartless Cora? Somebody could have tried. Or negotiating with Regina. They did try that. When? The dagger. I'll give you the dagger. Please don't kill Johanna. Okay. Take the dagger. Oh, by the way. See ya. They literally tried that. You know what it got? Johanna killed. All right. Cora's a monster. Cora's a monster. Uh, you had an interesting reaction when Snow says to Rumple, how do you live with yourself knowing all the bad things you've done? I just don't get why she's so mean to him. I mean, she is currently not feeling... She feels nothing. Like, I mean, she feels very upset, but she's yeah. not... Her her empathy is not is not there. And I think she also genuinely wants to know the answer. Uh, no, that was Snow White taking a shot. I don't think so. I, I completely disagree so. with that. I no. think she wants to know how he lives like that. She'd already shown her uh, disgust towards him when he's dying. And she's like, maybe I just let you die and kill two birds in one stone. She literally uses that line. I know, I believe you, but I don't... Like, there was nothing in her intonation that indicated that she was trying to... No, the way she him. says, how do you, you don't say, how do you live with yourself as like a, I'm asking a question because. Yes, you do. If you were trying to figure out how you live with yourself. I know. But the reason you say it like that is because what you're asking is how do you live with yourself? You're a monster and a bad person. I can't stand you. you no one says that to someone who they like respect. That's I, never I a phrase. I don't think that she does respect him, but I don't like think him. the point of the phrase was to try to hurt him. Oh, the point of the phrase is both to try and hurt him and gain information. No. Yeah. That, no. Uh, as someone who actually throws shots at people, like, all but the time. But she wasn't throwing a shot. That is a shot. It's not a shot. There's no way you would say that in a manner that wouldn't be insulting. How would you ask the question? I've done a bad thing. How am I supposed to live with this? How can I live with myself? Because she doesn't ask, how can I live with myself? She says, how do you live with yourself? Because what she's saying is that you're a terrible person. Because he is a terrible person. Sure. <laughs> saying someone's a terrible person is a shot. <laughs> That's not like a positive thing. That means you're taking a shot at them. Like, I don't know how to be a terrible person like you are. How do you live with yourself? That's a shot. She would never say that to Charming. She would never say that to Emma. You only say that to people you don't like who are bad. That is, by definition, That's a shot. That's how I would say it. That's a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't call a good queen the evil queen. There's no way to say evil and not be taking a shot at someone. It's a negative connotation every time. I don't think it... Okay, well, yeah. we just don't agree. <laughs> you think you can ask someone how they live with themselves in a non-negative manner? I think it, she just accepts as a fact that both she and Rumple know that he is a terrible person. I don't disagree with that, but knowing you're a terrible person is very different than like someone reminding you. Like, Regina knows she's killed people, but if Henry's like, you're a mass murderer, he's not saying that. Just to like randomly bring up a trivia fact. He's saying that because he's calling her a mass murderer. It's a shot. It's a negative statement about Regina. Like, I just murdered someone. You're a mass murderer. How do I deal with that? There you go. That, that right there cannot be said in any sort of like, oh, no, just, you know, random good fact. You're a mass murderer. Tell me. It's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that's maybe all the Rumple stuff. Uh, well... I did like his line, Cora was dangerous because she doesn't have a heart. Regina is more, even more dangerous because she does. It is fascinating to me that the Charmings are the way they are towards Rumpel. And still have the audacity to think he should help them. Like, 
I'm going to be honest with you. I would have been like, all right, you know what? You think I'm this much of a terrible person? I'm the worst? Go fuck yourself. Good luck with the evil queen coming for your heart. Bye. Okay, well, I think the best evidence <laughs> to the fact that he should help them is that he does help them. <laughs> I, <laughs> are you saying that Rumpel's actions are... Like, I, I think you're saying that he felt forced to do that. There may be a reason he wants to do that. Like, I don't necessarily know that there's, like, evidence that that's what he... That's did. true. There could be a reason. But what I'm trying to say is Rumpel doesn't do anything that he doesn't want to do. And I also think he takes he takes the statement of, a, like, you owe a life debt very seriously. See, I actually took it the opposite way. I don't think he's doing this for Snow. Who do you think he's doing this for? I think he's doing it for Regina. Hmm. Wow. Because truth be told, he should resent her and hate her. He had no business trying to actually help her when he was talking to her in the crypt. No, I'm. Yeah, you're right. He does have a. He has a certain soft respect spot? and soft spot for her. I mean, also as her, the way that he speaks to her in the crypt is very much like her teacher. Yep. And he wanted her to learn that lesson, and God damn it, she just didn't. But and I think him standing there wasn't. I don't really think he cared about snow i think it was more so that like no regina this isn't gonna really help you but it is david's words that convince him he might have been putting on a show but he he firstly is like i'm not gonna help you why would i do that yeah i mean i think <laughs> david's words get to him like you know what i do owe a life debt but i think at during that process he realizes that you know what regina is going to just walk in and try to murder her so let's see if i can solve that problem we've also seen i mean right now he's having a complicated situation with henry <laughs> but he also does previously has shown that he cares about Henry. I love the way you said that. What? That you just didn't allude to all the other weird stuff when you always talk about him and young sons. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I tried really hard not to say that, and I didn't say it. I think he has a manner of affection for Henry. Even nope, though that's, that's, that's also weird. weird. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, mean, I think it's fine. People, people have parental uh, affection for their you know, kids. Affection. Affection. Um, yeah, no, I, part of it I, think, I, too, I also think is because, you know, Neil is his dad. So, like, even if he, um, you know, whatever bad happens to Henry, Neil's going to blame him no matter what. So he's kind of got to stop Henry from getting hurt. That's true. So. Yeah. I know. There's a surprising, we get some Neil in this episode, but he, like, almost doesn't speak. Which is, like, he doesn't speak during that conversation between uh, Regina and Henry when he's, like, got the dynamite. I think that's so strange. Especially no. because Henry is talking to his mother about how, like, power and magic is fucking everything up. And Neil will be like, yeah, that's right. Power and magic is fucking everything up. Why the fuck would you say that while your son is holding a stick of dynamite? Well, the dynamite's gone. Regina got rid of the dynamite. The fact that your son was willing to sneak away and grab dynamite... Probably don't want to encourage that. He's being <laughs> sure. the responsible adult in the situation. Going like, actually, I kind of agree with you, but I don't want to encourage this behavior. The really frightening thing about that scene is that he does when when uh, the fireball comes out and the gun comes out and Henry runs in between. You can hear Neil go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Mm -hmm. But then David like doesn't lower the gun, even though Henry is standing like in the pathway of the gun. <laughs> also, what is that gun gonna do? I don't know. Can Regina stop a bullet? Yes. She can literally just poof. Would it work fast enough? She could poof David in front of the bullet. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> 
she could poof Mary Margaret in front of the bullet. It's very interesting that Regina, as a high conflict person's response to a gun being drawn, is to th- pull a fireball up instead of doing something like that, it's, or just poofing out of the way. Way more badass. <laughs> it's kind of like there's a scene like my guns are bigger than yours. He's got a certain <laughs> amount of bullets. I don't know magic, but I think she probably can throw more fireballs. Also, she has one of my favorite lines of the episode. Oh my god, it's my favorite Emma line. sounds like a total dork with this whole line of like, you want to get to Mary Margaret, and you're going to go through us. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, what the, the fuck are you three going to do? Okay, so the savior who barely knows how to use magic, Rumpelstiltskin's long-lost son, and the idiot Charming are going to stop me? Like, come on here. Like, the, it was hilarious how, like, it actually sounded like Mary Margaret when she's like, the winds are shifting our way. Good is going to win. And you're like, based on what? I, I haven't seen evidence. I'm like, why do you th- think you're going to stop her? Like, it was very much a, a charming thing to say. Like, remember that episode he burst where he sword? burst in with a sword? <laughs> that was so awesome because he literally kicked the door down and charged in. Actually, I would say I give... He did that twice in that fucking episode. He also came in with a goddamn hat first. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did that. <laughs> I trust that Charming might be able to figure it out because he's pretty quick on the feet. Uh, Neil and Emma are dead. They're roasted before they can even think about it. Like, I mean, Neil's 200 years old, so maybe he'd have, maybe he's got some tricks up his sleeve. Okay. Al- although I love when he was tricked by Henry. That was amazing. And Emma's like, he's your son. Also, you know what's funny about that? She, like, chastises him for this, and yet everyone in this town has been... Regina, Charming, Snow. I mean, it's like... She's been tricked by him, too. To be fair, she did not warn him no. about how many times Henry has run away. I feel like, had you told him, like, hey, by the way, flight risk. He just runs He just runs time. all the time. He came and found me in Boston. <laughs> he, stole, he stole Snow's credit card. This is this actually happened previously with David. And I know this is a show where, like, women are female-dominated characters, so I get that they're kind of doing it for comedy. But sometimes... They have a tendency to make the men just look overly dumb just for comedic effect, like mm. the charming episode. But I'm his grandfather. <laughs> yes, you're one. You there, can have more you, than one. Yeah, and that's exactly what Snow says in terms of, huh? And I'm like, he's not an idiot. Like, <laughs> he's and, not an idiot. And you're it's right. the same thing, like, here, there's like, Neil would absolutely know that, like, oh yeah, his backpack is He would have seen him walking away with the backpack. Yeah. And again, it's funny, I get it, but it's like, can we not make all the men dumb here? I also thought it was funny when Regina makes the dynamite disappear. And Henry, I was trying to remember how much magic Henry has actually seen performed. Because he definitely was there. He was there when she absorbed the magic out of the well. Yep. Um... But he he acted like he'd like never seen magic before. Like he like he drops the match in shock because it disappears. Well, no, it's the fact that like his master plan was so easily. But it wasn't. He he like he had he his like jaw was. Yeah, it was a jaw dropping. Like I had this thing. You can't stop me. (sighs) Oh, I didn't. It's kind of like I didn't think about that. Yeah, I think it was that kind of. Okay. Yeah. Also, I think Rumple heals him with magic, like on him physically when he's burned from the fire room that you hate. Yep. So he's seen it. I think it was just more so like, damn. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> also ridiculous. Regina saying the words to Henry. Henry, she has to pay. 
<laughs> like, even if she thinks that, obviously she thinks that's true, she should know by now that this is not going to work on Henry. Like, he just doesn't, that, that's not how Henry feels. Like, you're not going to convince him. <laughs> I totally agree with you on that one. <laughs> Though, you know what it reminded me of? There's the scene, I think it's in The Crocodile, where Hook is on the ship and she, he had cornered Belle and then Rumple shows up. And Rumple's whooping his ass and Belle stops and then Hook taunts him. And he just looks at Belle and is yeah. like, he has to die! <laughs> like, he's left me no other options here. I'm gonna kill him. Like, and you're just like, yeah, I get it. And also on the same note, like, no, I, I kind of get why Regina wants to kill Snow. Like, you manipulated her in killing her mother, who was a monster, but damn. Like, yeah, I'd probably want to kill you there too. It makes sense. So like, even though I'm talking to my son, who's never going to agree with this, I'm going to curse you anyway, so it's fine. You're like, look, Henry, there's so much evidence. <laughs> this is why Snow White has to die. I feel like you see? what she should have said to him is that this is the second time she's taken someone from me that I love. She has to pay. <laughs> that's it. I, I feel like that's a much more rational explanation of like, okay, yeah, I get it. And then Henry could say, well, the, the second person that she took from you is the person that killed the first person that was taken from you. So maybe you should thank her. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the best line of the series. Yeah. No, that would be... And I think, honestly, Regina looked at her and would be like, no, Snow killed Daniel. (laughs) That's true. You're right. She would have said that. Um, Can we go back a little bit? Henry is pissed at Charming and Emma for, like, considering killing Regina... But, like, the conversation, basically, Rumple says it. And then, like, the two of them look at each other. And I think Emma even says, like, are, do we, are we really? Is that the only way? And then, like, Henry loses it. And I'm like, it actually sounded like Rumple was the only one on board for killing Regina. And the two of them were hesitating. And, like, Henry took it as if, like, they were all like, all right, I guess this is what we got to do. Like, he overreacted <laughs> massively in that sense. And then he just decides, also, why is dynamite just available? Uh, yeah, he knew where to find dynamite. And he made it so far before they caught up with him. Because he, because it's not like, my assumption is that you have to go into the mines and out. Did he go out a different exit? Because they, he somehow had time to double back before Ruby found him. Ruby? Yeah. 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 Before she, because she like, you know, was following his trail. Yeah. Also, I do like that the first responsible adult saw a kid running around in the woods and went, you know what? I should call their mother. Okay. Weird side note about that. How the fuck did Greg get Regina's number? (laughs) He called her cell phone. (laughs) She just have it listed on the storybook website. So, people who go into the hospital are automatically given their emergency contact's number. And Regina is everyone's emergency contact. I see, I see. Got it. Yep. Yep. That's... They just they just took his phone yeah. and they right next to her they put in Mayor of Storybrooke, Regina Mills, mother of Henry. Though I wonder <laughs> if like her number is public listed. Her cell phone number should not be. Her desk number should be. Maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, it forwards. Yeah. Well, it, it wouldn't have done that, but remember Cora like a cat slapped off That's the speaker right. and the That's phone. Right. So Um it, it is interesting that no one, like, everyone was so worried about Greg. And now he's just wandering around the town and no one seems worried. I mean, Emma's worried. Because when he says this town's growing on me, she does as much as Jennifer That's Morrison true. can make one look worried. She, like, looks concerned about it. That's true. Though they don't know that he's seen anything other than the Rumpel fireball. Who, strange enough, he's the one who's not concerned. He's like, I don't give a shit. 
Like, well, I think because he's like, well, if he causes a problem, I'll just kill him. <laughs> Gotta appreciate a man who knows what I'll to do. I'll just kill this I'll guy. Just kill this guy. He's got to die. Um, the thing that convinces Regina to stop her plan to curse Henry is when he says, not like this, which is the same thing that Owen said to her when she was trying to convince him to stay. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was a nice, mm-hmm. a nice parallel. And I also really liked when she burns the scroll for the curse, uh, you get like a look on a, a glimpse at Emma's face. And she seems pretty shocked that Regina does that. Um, and a little like hard to read her face, but, <laughs> but a little like, okay, maybe she's not lost. There, these are the episodes in which I unfortunately think it stands out how like not emotive Jennifer Morrison is. Cause like Regina and Mary Margaret are so expressive. You can, we could have watched it on mute and I knew exactly what was going on in those scenes. Oh yeah. I think I, almost, Mary Margaret almost overdoes it, but honestly, considering what she's asking, it makes total sense. Like she's basically committing suicide yes, here she's, and saying, she's asking, I want to die, yeah. which was, I, I feel like her weakness is that she gives up so easily. Like this is a, like the fifth time where she's just like, all is lost. I quit. I'm done. For, like, the one who's supposed to be, like, the eternal, you know, bright, she's just, like, always quitting. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it happens, at, even in the pilot. She's just, like, sitting there sobbing, and she's like, it's over. I'm done. <laughs> Curse. And I'm just like, what the hell? Regina's face in that scene, I mean, she is, she is portraying so many emotions at once. Like, she is absolutely delighted in Snow's misery. I love the speech. Yeah. Yeah, the speech, the first part of the speech, where she basically says that, like, I shouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. But you know what my problem is? I never learned from my mistakes. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to kill her. And then just like pauses. Well, because she sees the darkness. Yeah. And she realizes that's a worse punishment for Snow. It's funny because I feel like that's the first time she felt victory. But it it is interesting. Like, I think that she's feeling that. But she also is crying when she... Oh, but I think that's tears of joy. It could be. But there's, like, some complex emotions behind her eyes. Like, I think she might be sitting with, like, this is what I wanted. What about what Rumpel said? Well, no, I think that's what it is. Is that for the first time, she's going to get what she wants. She's not the one who's going to have to take vengeance here. That's true. Because every time... I think she finally realized that he's right. Like, just don't take vengeance. I'll get what I want, finally. But I think she's still not... Even though she's not killing Snow, yeah. she's not going to find happiness from the situation. Long term. I don't know. That That's an interesting one. I mean, we'll never obviously see it. But I do wonder, like, if Mary Margaret died not at Regina's hand. Or let's say she become corrupted. Just turns into, like, the dark two. I don't know that Regina would be sad... Like, it's not going to make her life worse, and Henry can't blame her. It literally isn't her fault. Uh, although I think Henry expects the people in his life to be heroes, and Regina has magic, and whatever it is that happens to Snow, she probably could help and wouldn't. And that would make Henry upset. Hmm. I don't know. So I see your point, but going back to your favorite episode in the Red Room... He didn't hold it against her that she didn't, like, volunteer to go into the sleeping curse, which she could have done. Charmin didn't have to do it. That's true. And, like, realistically, she should have been the one to have to pay that price. She definitely wouldn't have done that. (laughs) I I, I still debate whether she... I think if Henry... If the choice was make your son do it or you do it, I think she might have considered doing it. 
Because the last thing she says at the end of season one is, I don't care what anyone says, I do love you. Right. but That's I think, a great way to prove your love. But the third option in this case, from Regina's perspective, is we just don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, but you know how Henry is. He's going to yeah. do it. It's not, that is not a third option. That boy's going to go back into that fire room. So you want to stop it, you got to be the one to go in there. But no one would have been able to wake her up. That's, someone's got to pay the price. I mean, <laughs> actually, technically, like, it's arguable that Henry might have been able to wake her up. Maybe. Yeah. She doesn't know that for sure. But Yeah. Um, this is the first time that we see Henry mention his anger towards magic. Is it? First time he says, I want to get rid of it. He doesn't like dark magic, but he's never once expressed, I want to just get rid of it all. Okay. And yeah. that's going to be a recurring thing for him. Like, he talks about how much no. he hates magic. This <laughs> this is the beginning of annoying Henry. Yeah. Like, the same boy who made that great plan in season one has turned into a moron in season two. Like, <laughs> dynamite. You are going to use dynamite to blow up magic. Blow it up. First time, what does that mean? Also, the fuse on that dynamite was not near no! enough. No! No, that wasn't even going to get all the way down to the it bottom. It was like five inches. <laughs> Henry, come on. You're smart. You know stuff. But to his credit, he's a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. 10-year-old boys are dumbasses. I mean, that does seem... He's 11. Um, okay. It does seem exactly like what an 11-year-old boy would like. Dynamite. That's what we use. Did you have a birthday already? Did you have 11th birthday? Yeah, they just said he was 11. Oh. Yeah, I mean, me at 11, definitely would have not thought I need to have a longer fuse. I'm like, oh, I'm fast. I'll just throw it and go. <laughs> just throw it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be like, uh, what's his name from Good Place? Jason. Just Molotov cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I used to have a problem, then I'd throw a Molotov cocktail, and now I have a different problem. <laughs> oh, Jason. The best logic ever. Do you have anything else? Um, I want to talk a little bit more about just the, the spot of darkness and what that means. Uh-huh. So what we are saying, at least what to our understanding, is that because Snow manipulated Regina into killing Cora and therefore is responsible for Cora's death, this is the first time that she's done something darkening her heart, which is a massive inconsistency for all the other things I've seen. Like Cora's heart should have been black as coal. Yeah. It wasn't. And she's done monstrous things. And I get that like maybe if this was like seasons later where they forgot about it. This was literally the previous episode in which we saw Cora's heart. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. It does seem logical. It, it seems like something Cora would do to be like, I'm going to glamour my heart so it looks nice. <laughs> or I wonder if like because she did all the monstrous things after she took her heart out, does it just not count anymore? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe. Yeah. But I mean. The, Sneaky. <laughs> could be. Um, and then, yeah, I'd be very curious to see like. Are you telling me that all the other hearts we saw were basically all pure of heart? Because nobody else, they ever mentioned that darkness. I mean, there, you, like, when Regina was holding the heart, mm -hmm. you couldn't see it until she, like, turned it. And Regina looking, could immediately see no, it. No, Regina could see yeah. it, but, like, us from the side sure. couldn't see it. So, like, us looking at, like, the top of a heart in a box mm -hmm. or, like, seeing them glowing, like, through the box. Like, they, they still glow even when there's darkness. Like, Regina's heart also still looks somewhat heart-like but it's probably half and half or sure a little bit more than that like yeah. there's a decent you probably see the darkness easily and like what i'm curious about is like there are other bad things that they have certainly done as we will come to learn throughout the series there's no way that is the first thing like how is that the first time it darkened well we don't know that it is we've known that we know that that's the first time that snow has seen it 
Regina implies that it, I think she even says that's new. Like she makes it because she's seen Snow's heart before, hadn't she? When? I thought she. There's another time where she pulls her heart out. I could be wrong. I, I mean, maybe, but I. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, even Heart of Darkness, like, she did go to murder the queen and took the shot. Yes, but I... That was blatant murder. Premeditated yeah. murder, in fact. It's true. But she was, she was a different, she had, didn't have her memories at that point. I don't know. Sure. Uh, no, the only memory she didn't have was Charming. Yeah. She had every other memory. It's kind of terrifying to think that without memories of Charming, she becomes a murderer. <laughs> Well, and, like, also, it wasn't just a random killing. It was revenge for all of the things that Regina had done to her. So yeah. it's, like, it it was just odd to me that, like, this is the tipping point where it's, like, she literally already tried to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That just, I, I think that's a point that is going to be an inconsistent writing point. That we're going to see other hearts, and I'm, like, I know you've done some fucked up mm-hmm. shit. But I don't like that story. I know you talked about you love the Snow's I just think thing. it's interesting to give a hero... A hero, a dark story. A, a, I think a, a that would have been interesting. Darkness. A spot I, of darkness. A spot of darkness. <laughs> I don't think Snow is the right person for that. I think there are other people who would have mm. been better for. But it is what it is. Don't worry. We'll get a whole season of that. <laughs> God save the queen. Um, Favorite moment? You'll have to go through us. Okay. That is also my favorite moment. <laughs> One of my two favorite moments. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then just like the little rumple speech that he gives to Regina. Oh, yeah. I thought it was awesome that like a man who has been consumed by power, even Stiltskin can see that this quest for vengeance mm-hmm. is not worth it. Like, yeah. when the dark one tells you you're going too far, maybe listen. Just saying. Reasonable. Most ridiculous moment. Henry tried to blow up magic That's with also dynamite. It was just this, dumb. There's just like very clear dumb dumb stuff here this makes me think of like we you know we always thought most ridiculous would be like oh this was like the most fantastic and like wild thing and uses like this is the dumbest decision of the episode (laughs) yeah i i literally meant it to be like the cgi in the scene was so bad like in manhattan (laughs) like one time you can see them out in the balcony we're like that's not even close to real (laughs) yeah it for some reason we can't use modern day new york while filming modern day New York. <laughs> but we did use modern day New York in other episodes. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, who's your loser? Who else could it be? Oh, I have three losers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. <laughs> I have Snow. Obviously. For obvious reasons. I have Kurt. Oh. Man. <laughs> just, that just really fucking sucks. Because just bad luck. And he lost his son. Yep. Uh, and I have Owen for all of the reasons that I listed previously. Uh, he lost his dad. He met some crazy lady that tried to convince him to stay. And he kind of wanted to stay. And then his dad said no. And then he lost his dad. And then he brought the cops back. And now everyone thinks he's crazy. I Don't disagree with me. <laughs> that. Who, who would be the ultimate loser then out of the three? Because I don't know who I No, I think. But me, I don't know if that's just... Because I know her better. You know Snow more. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, okay. Winner. I don't have one. I could not think of someone. There is a clear winner in this episode. You think it's Regina? Well, when Snow loses, who is the most happy? <laughs> I just don't... She doesn't... She doesn't get Henry at the end of this episode. And the plan that she describes for how she's going to end up with Henry, I just don't think it's going to work. Yes, but counterpoint. The face that she makes when she sees the darkness... Have you ever seen Regina that happy? <laughs> that right there? 
I don't know. It's not yes. true love, but that's true victory. When she was with Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I also think there was more complex emotion. I I don't I don't think that I just don't think that she's as happy about this as she wants to be. That I agree with. I do think it's probably the second most happy moment in her life right now. Wow. That's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Not winning. Episode, I think it's a win. Lifetime? Eh. <clears throat> Speaking of. <laughs> so next week, uh, we are actually not going to watch the next episode. We are going to do a deep dive on Regina. Uh, we're going to do it in two pieces. So we'll start only talking about what what you all have watched about Regina and then halfway through, or maybe less than halfway through, we will tell you we're going to start talking about spoilers. And if you haven't watched the rest of the show yet, you should probably stop and come back to it later once you have. And we'll talk about Regina's story arc for the rest of the way. Yeah, and we just, we talked about doing deep dives. So we're going to do, basically, it's going to be a full conversation of Regina, uh, the relationships that she has, both right now and going forward. A little, We won't go too much into, like, the typical evil queen, but we will touch on, like, the traditional rivalry between the Evil Queen and Snow Ride has been blah, 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 for those who aren't familiar with it. And yeah, uh, it should be a fun conversation about your favorite character, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd say she's probably a top three character for me in this show. She's pretty good, even if she does sing. Top three? Yeah. Not top two? I, probably like a 2A and 2B scenario. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously Rumpel is one. I think right, of that. course. Um, admittedly, I really like Charming. I've yeah, always, you, you do really I like really Charming. I really like Charming. Charming the Avenger fascinates me. <laughs> I, think you, I think you have a little bit of a crush on Charming. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about all that. But I'm not, if I had to be one of the characters in the show, it would be a hard decision between Rumpel and Charming. Which I have a heavy le- level of respect. I was just going to say, based on the things that you've said, I don't think that you can be Charming. <laughs> what I want to be and what I am are very different I, things. I see. That, that is an important distinction you need to make. <laughs> I most certainly am more like Rumple. <laughs> to be clear, Roger is not <laughs> a dark mass murderer. No. He just has some feelings about vengeance. <laughs> it's not that I have feelings about vengeance. I just, I don't think it is, um, I think your view of vengeance is crystallized through how it doesn't help Regina ever because she's just a fool. Whereas I look at it as I'm like, you can do it properly. It's like any, it's like a tool to be used when needed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so please be sure to join us next time when we do a deep dive on Regina. And then after that, we will return to our regularly scheduled programming and watch season two episode 18, 18 Selfless, Brave, and True. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>